God can't bless who you pretend to be or who you compare yourself to. He can only bless you and the lane that was created for you. I feel that for somebody. You don't need no edge entity. You need boundaries. What? I don't need your likes. I don't need your validation. All I need is a God fighting for me that says all things, all things, all things. Right before my podcast starts, I have this intro that says, I don't need your likes. I don't need your validation. And it's true, but like only a little bit true, because the truth is we do have needs. We do need to be validated. There are moments in our life where we also need to feel like. So before you call me a hypocrite, though, I want to qualify your needs. This week, we are talking about the revolutionary care of your needs. And my girl, Layla, is going to slide through and we're going to talk about all of the feels, the way that we need people, the way that we have learned to let them go, adjust our expectations and just experience people. It's a really good one. I think you're going to enjoy it. And I know that it's going to help give you perspective on the ultimate source for all of your needs and how to engage with those who are just servants on your journey. Let's get into it. Hey, girl. Hey. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you. Thank you for taking time to speak with me. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity. What's the weather like in D.C.? Ooh, it is raining and nasty and cold. cold. Okay. Well, I won't tell you about the weather in Dallas then because that's not going to help. And we're just building this friendship and we don't want things tearing us apart so soon. It just got started. Exactly. Well, but I'm I love the sunshine, so I love to hear about it. Is it is it in the 80s? Is she out today. She outside today. She she's doing she's what outside. needs to be done. Yes. Hopefully you hopefully you'll be in Dallas this time of the year and at for Woman Evolve 2023 and you'll get yes, to experience. I, will. I got like, my hey. ticket last week. I'm so <laughs> excited. We just literally I was sitting here, we just broke 14,000 women coming. I have to find wow. somewhere for us to go. <laughs> we didn't wow. outgrown. We didn't outgrown the Potter's house, which is a blessing. I have to ask you, Layla, I was reading all about you and your story and what you are doing to uplift the voices of black girls. And I want to know at what point in your life did you feel silenced? Because there's no way that you see this as a need unless one, maybe you are affirmed and always used your voice and then recognized other people didn't. Or there were moments in your life where you felt silenced yourself. Wow. Oh, wow. Um, there are so many moments in my life where I can say I felt silenced. Mm-hmm. Um, I think growing up as a as an only child, I feel like mm-hmm. I was always searching for searching for validation, searching for inclusion and just searching for love and transparently a lot of the wrong places. Um, and mm-hmm. so I looked to force relationships to force uh, I guess myself into the puzzle pieces of what I should be whether that was according to uh, you know the standards of my parents the standards of my peers the expectations of a job Um, and I feel like there's so many moments where I was not seen I was not heard I was not validated Um, and the rhythm of um, the rhythm of those silent moments um, it wasn't until I honestly got older that I started to 
really shift into seeking validation from God yeah. versus seeking validation from the world, which had always disappointed me, which had always um, made me feel small, made me feel unseen, made me feel just um, just not enough. Mm. And it wasn't until I really started walking with God, which was in college, that I guess I, I really started to to find value in my own voice and value in showing up for that voice because there's been so many moments that I've minimized, um, but that I've minimized my story, that I've minimized my experience, and that I have um, accommodated to the needs of other people instead of advocated for you know what I really needed. After living in California for almost a decade, my family and I are in need of winter jackets now that we live in Dallas. I'd been lurking online to find the perfect one to give my daughter. I believe I hit the jackpot because style is so important to her, but practicality is what matters the most to me. Lululemon's Wonder Puff jacket takes care of it all. It's easy on the eyes, water repellent, and windproof, and it's insulated to perfection. I love that she's not going to complain about it being too bulky, and it will provide the warmth that I know she's going to need as the temperatures in Dallas begin to drop. Don't sleep on Lululemon and the variety of items that they offer. This holiday season set joy in motion with the best gifts at lululemon.com. Put cheer into gear by shopping the best gifts at lululemon.com. Okay, so you just preached a whole sermon there because (laughs) (laughs) advocating for what we really need instead of allowing ourselves to suffer silently in relationships, I do believe is something that starts when we're children. Um, Mm -hmm. I follow a lot of therapists and I see these memes or these graphics that often say that you can tell that like you were not emotionally validated or emotionally nurtured as a child when you feel like your needs are a burden or your needs don't matter because at the end of the day for a lot of us in our communities in our culture because our parents were working so much the best way to be a help to your parents were to stay out of the way and if you stay out of the way it teaches you to not have a need to not take up space and yet in our relationship with God I think that we continue to show up in that way where it feels like I don't want to ask for too much. I don't want to ask for anything at all. I don't want to take up space. And I do think it creates a disconnect, but there is growth in being able to say, I do need peace right now. I need presence. Can you tell me what does it feel like in practice to allow yourself to be validated by God? Like, what does that look like for someone who's listening? And they're like, I wasn't validated at home. I wasn't Mm -hmm. validated with my siblings. How do I receive validation from God? Wow, that's such a big question. Um, So for me, I've I've had to go along my journey in validation in Christ through what I call going through like several seasons of cocoon seasons and so um what that looks like for me is i i i recognize that i'm a naturally social person um just with working in the human services field and how i show up and serve and just different relationships in my life um and so with being a social person i have created space for others to come to me and and also to to show up for others um but what i what i i guess 
rec- was starting to to see along um, along the journey and just with different patterns is that I was also creating spaces for others to give me, I guess, their opinions and their mm-hmm. their their thoughts and their perspectives of what I should be doing. Specifically, I think just thinking from an early age from my um, my dad and mm-hmm. um, I just had to I had to start like hearing myself and my own thoughts because I was Mm. hearing so much from everyone else and so practically what that looked like is um is me having to get off of social media because social Mm. media can be just such a revolving door of opinions a revolving door of images of success and perspective um I had to honestly put some practical uh practical things on my phone so I I sleep with my phone outside of the room um, so that I can wake up and and talk to guys that I can wake up feeling like I'm not being pulled Mm. in this direction and that my responsibilities you know the responsibilities that I have to the world can wait because I need to hear what God is saying in in that still small voice Um, it looks like me having to let other people know like hey I'm I can't go out hey I can't Mm. Maybe in the season that um, in the previous season, I was able to show up for you in this way. But because I'm really trying to be intentional with my relationship with God and really hearing what he has to say, because I'm hearing everything else but him. Um, So I have to I have to shut it out. I have to I have to show up for myself. And transparently, that has looked like losing a lot of relationships, people not necessarily understanding the perspective of um of really like turning towards God and giving him your whole heart and ridding yourself of distractions. Um, and, and honestly, if I'm being completely transparent, it's been lonely. It, it can get yeah. very lonely um, when you when I have transitioned into that cocoon season, you know, because all I've ever wanted was to be seen, to be loved and to be adored um, and to seek that from from God, which, you know, from a worldly perspective is not um some may not say that he's tangible um, when you're, you know, feeling the spirit in your body, but it's it, it has it has been difficult. But I have had to put boundaries um, on just the way that I show up in the world so that I can show up fully for him. Oh, that's so good. Waistline where? Stressed who? Not the kids since Noom entered my life, but don't get it twisted. The real consistency behind my healthy eating habits has been me whipping my mentality into shape. I like to mind my business these days, and that means maintaining my focus on boosting my mood, energy levels, and creativity. You can stay focused on what's important to you with Noom Weight psychology-based approach. Through a combination of psychology, technology, and human coaching, Noom has helped millions of Noomers meet their personal health and wellness goals. Did I mention that the Noom Weight app is user-friendly? My favorite features are the feedback I receive on my food choices and the exercise recommendations to get me moving more. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com slash Evolve. That's N-O-O-M.com slash Evolve to sign up for your trial today. Sis, treat 
yourself. Don't cheat yourself. Learn the science of living a happier and healthier life. And check out Noom's first ever book, The Noom Mindset, a deep dive into psychology of behavior change. Available for pre-order wherever books are sold. We talk a lot about pick me, pick me, pick me behavior. That's like a new catchphrase that everyone's saying. Mm -hmm. But I think that what we're really asking for, but maybe didn't have language for is tell me, tell me, tell me I'm beautiful. Tell me Mm -hmm. I still have worth. Tell me I still have value. Tell me I can be confident. And I feel like that need to hear that plays out in our lives and our actions and our relationships. Mm -hmm. And what I hear you saying is that you came to a space where you were able to create space for you to just receive what God is already saying. Some of the things that we're asking other people to tell us, tell me I'm fine, tell me I'm beautiful, tell me I'm confident, tell me I'm smart. God's already said it, but because we're so busy trying to hear it from other people, we can't receive that it's already been spoken over to us. So when we create stillness and silence and space for us to just connect with the presence of God, we are able to receive validation about what God knows to the questions that plague our own soul. And yet to your point, it does create loneliness in that loneliness, uh, what are the things that you tell yourself to keep your to keep your head in the game, to keep your heart in the game? And I love, first of all, I have to tell you, I love that you admitted that it's lonely because sometimes we're like, you know, I don't need you, you don't need me, and I'm fine, whoop-de-woo, right? Until it's time to go to the movies or you just want to share something with a friend or you want to text and check on somebody. And it's like, I don't even know who I can trust with this version of who I am. What have you been doing to keep your head in the game and not going back to people who don't serve this present or destiny version of who you are? Mm. Yeah, I um, I think for a while when I was talking to God in in that quiet time and in that in in my cocoon seasons it has it has looked like me suppressing my my truth and my real emotions with God because I was I guess the way that I was going to God was God as this authority figure and God as you know this father who would be disappointed with the emotions that I was bringing to him. Um, And so it took me some, if I'm being transparent, it took me some time to really sit in my truth and bring those emotions to God. Um, And so that sometimes looks like tears, that sometimes looks like me, um, me just journaling and and getting all, I I call it, um, what do I call it? I call it just like, brain dumping on the page and every every emotion that comes to the surface just letting it out of my spirit um sometimes it looks like worship music and blasting it in my apartment and my neighbors coming (laughs) and knocking down my door telling me to turn it down because i live in a a smaller apartment but um it looks it looks different on a day-by-day basis and i think what i'm what i'm honoring more than anything in this season is that healing um, healing and intimacy with God is not linear. Like it, it not even it's not linear. It doesn't look the same season by season. And yeah. so me choosing to show up moment by moment, day by day, hour by hour in my truth at all times, um, it's honestly been liberating, you know, to get to that point where I can say, God, I'm upset. God, I'm angry. God, I need people, you know, because for so long, I think, um, 
you know, over the past couple of years in since living in D.C. and graduating, like I've moved into a space by myself and I've really taken on this like independent demeanor and this independent aura. Um, and subconsciously, I feel like I was putting up this armor of not needing people. And, you know, mm. when people and experiences would wouldn't go the way that I wanted or, you know, there would be a lack of trust or, you know, just unforgiveness and, and all of those things. I would I would just kind of step into like different layers of my independence and saying, well, you know what, God, like I don't need them or, you know, like I'm strong enough to handle it by myself. But what I'm what I'm softening my heart to in this season is really just being honest and saying, God, I want people, you know, like I want to, I want to also be able to forgive those people and forgive those experiences and forgive myself for holding, for holding these feelings and emotions hostage, even from you, God. Um, and so that has been, that's been uncomfortable if I'm being transparent. I was it hasn't going, okay. Been. So I was going to ask you, cause, um, <laughs> you know, I love your language. First of all, you're using all of the words that I think make people really have a moment where they have to be honest and vulnerable, what you're honoring in this season. It's my kind of language. I'm here for it. You know, um, I love that you said that you had to come to this space where you're like, God, I want people because it is so much easier to be like, I don't need them. I can do this Mm -hmm. thing on my own. But it takes another level of vulnerability to be like, I would not like to do this on my own. I want mm-hmm. someone to be here with me. But if you are like me, it also makes you cringe just a little bit to be like, I need people. Like I'm in a season yeah. of my life where I need people. I can't do this on my own. And yeah. um, I don't think that we are able to have genuine connection and relationships mm-hmm. unless we honor the fact that we need people (laughs) and because we need them when they come into our lives we won't treat them like they are disposable because I need you I need this companionship I need this connection uh the hardest part of my marriage has been when my husband and I realized like we need each other which sounds probably toxic because like why are you marrying someone (laughs) you don't need but you know like I wanted to be able to be like I love you I'm married to you but I could live without you but we built our lives in such a way where I do I need him but it you know it it takes a lot to admit that you need people what do you think that is why why can't we say that uh, I think it it really is the I think for me I can say it has been suppressing this um, suppressing this pain that has come from unforgiveness of people Mm. Um, and you know, it's it's so much easier to well, maybe not. It's not necessarily that easy to walk away. Like even though, yeah. even in my seasons where I'm like, I'm just going to take my love. I'm going to <laughs> snatch my, you know, like my affection from you, and I'm going to rob you of my presence because you know that's what's really going to hurt you. But in all actuality, that still hurts. It still yeah. hurts to 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 let people go, especially people that you have chosen to to love that you have chosen to see that you have chosen to be vulnerable and uh and transparent and and even like intimate in 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 uh, in the most intentional ways and so it it it's hard to say you know um i i am hurt um and to walk through that hurt with a person you know the person that may have consciously or subconsciously caused that hurt um but and I think 
in at least in my experience, I thought that it would be easier to just snatch myself from um, from relationship and from people. Um, but I think honestly, at the root of it is intentional forgiveness, and I'm still. I'm still working through that. I'm not going to sit up here and say that I am the master of intentionally being able to intentionally forgive, um, forgive people for either the conscious or subconscious pain that has been afflicted. I think that I'm learning. And I think that the first step is learning how to forgive myself um, because there's so many things that I've carried um, longer than I should have. So in just the learning to forgive myself and to free myself, because it honestly is freeing to say, I'm extending you grace, Layla. Like mm. I am, I'm choosing to love you past the mistake. I'm choosing to love you through the mistake. Um, and it's, it's, it's definitely not always easy, but I think in choosing to, to show up in that regard, um, I've, I've found healing and I've found peace. Woman Evolve is supported by First Republic Bank. Have you ever experienced a relationship with a banker who was available to answer all your questions, even by phone or email? Doesn't exist, you say. It does at First Republic. At First Republic, everyone gets a personal banker who's ready to sit down and answer your questions, no matter how complex. And did you know that First Republic's commitment to extraordinary service extends beyond its clients? First Republic is committed to strengthening the communities it serves through meaningful partnerships with innovative nonprofit organizations. To learn more, visit firstrepublic.com. That's firstrepublic.com. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. So I have a thought that I, I'm going to have to try and formulate it with you, but I feel like to that level of unforgiveness and bitterness that we experience after we have been betrayed or disappointed by life creates a barrier that feels like protection. And mm -hmm. I think forgiveness has less to do about letting someone off of the hook and more to do with saying, I no longer want to feel responsible for protecting myself from this happening again. Because mm -hmm. unforgiveness feels warm and that it feels like I'm never going to let this happened to me again. Mm -hmm. The pain is so close to my vest that I know for sure this person won't come back into my life. And to forgive someone makes us feel like I'm going to be living vulnerably. vulnerably. You're going to be living without consequence and mm -hmm. I can't move on from here. But I feel like there's something to be said about saying, I am going to trust God to protect me. I am forgiving you, not because you deserve it, not because it didn't hurt. I am forgiving you, you know, if we go Bible, because I've been forgiven, but also if we just come to the soul of it, because yeah. at the end of the day, I want to trust God to protect me and to cover me. And I trust God can take this pain, these wounds, these shattered pieces from what didn't go right in some kind of way, still turn it to good. Forgiveness has nothing to do with the other person and has everything to do, in my opinion, with trusting God with what's left. And when you really trust that God can do something with, with what's left, then it's easier to, to let the people who did it go so that you can receive the steps for your next. Yeah. Yeah. And there's so much, there's so much liberation and freeing yourself from, 
um, from that shackle of unforgiveness. And I think in just the the work that I've been doing in therapy, the work that I've been doing in just my own healing journey and being intentional and and just choosing to uncomfortably show up, you yeah. know, even when it feels like it's sometimes at the most uncon- inconvenient times, excuse me, um, that liberation that I've felt, you know, that freedom that I have felt from saying, and I think for me, um, what it's come across as, as being able to see the humanity in people. Mm. Um, and I think in my own unforgiveness pro- or excuse me, in my own forgiveness process, um, when it came to uh, the people and those experiences that I had to, you know, come to terms with and had to forgive, whether it was like speaking specifically to like a parental experience, I think that like, when it came to the thought of, you know, hurt and blame, I looked at it from this perspective of, well, you're my, like, you're this authority figure in my life. And so the fact that you made a mistake or the fact that you, you know, uh, didn't show up for me and and just casting all of this blame. Um, But I think that the, the healing that I've been feeling is being able to recognize the humanity in and people, even if it is someone who, you know, I should be looking at as this authority figure or, yeah. you know, in, in once upon a time in a different season of my life, like I expected more of, but I think to be able to see the humanity in people, um, no matter who it is, whether it's your best friend, your your parent, your colleague, that um, that extension of grace is helping me to to heal um, in in deeper levels than I than I knew that I needed, and then also you know to add to that, um, I'm one of the biggest lessons that I'm learning in this season is that we do not possess people; we experience mm-hmm. them, and mm-hmm. so in choosing to experience people and not you know, come from this space of possession and what's mine. And, you know, if it leaves, if it changes, if it alters, I feel broken. I feel, you know, like unworthy. I feel like these spaces of lack, but no, this was an experience. And I think it, it really, for me, I I can say it's, it's changed my perspective to, to look at it from the lens of an experience versus look at it from looking at it from this lens of like possession and feeling like I'm lost without, or when things change and shift. How it does. It makes I I heard Lauren London say something similar about Nipsey Hussle at his service. Um, I'm wondering with that in mind, though, how do you navigate parental forgiveness when you had a legitimate need as a child that they were unable to fulfill? How do you come to a place where you are able to experience them without no longer having that demand that they fix what they couldn't give you. Um, mm. I, I have had to, experience, I think a lot of times when we talk about parental forgiveness, it comes down to abandonment. And mm. I think we really speak of it in terms of physical abandonment. But the truth is that children can experience the physical presence of their ch- of their parent, but still experience emotional abandonment or mm-hmm. spiritual abandonment. And so I think abandonment has many different masks that show up in the lives of children. And yet I do think that at the end of the day, the obligation to heal lies with the person and the person alone. So mm-hmm. how do you, you navigate parental forgiveness without uh, possessing 
their um, inability to show up for you? Mm, using all the words, Sarah. <laughs> we must have the same therapist because let me tell you one thing: we are over here is woke. Okay, eyes are wide open. <laughs> eyes are wide open. <laughs> oh my goodness! So, um, so I was I read this book, and um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with Alex L. She's oh honestly, yeah, mm-hmm. an internet therapist, yeah. and she wrote this book, and it was called After the Rain. And yeah. it's one of those books where you pick up when you're going through like a season. It's not necessarily a straight through read book. Yeah. But in one of the chapters, she talked about comparison and she was comparing her friend's relationship with her parent versus her relationship with her um, with her parent. And just in seeing, you know, the difference between how they interacted, how they showed up for each other, how they they seemed to be connected in their communication styles um, made her. One, she was already carrying a lot of um, a lot of pain from the experience and, and, and maybe even lack of choosing to acknowledge what the experience actually was, um, you know, because as we grow and we matriculate through life, it sometimes it's, we don't have those aha moments until we're, you know, grown. And yeah. so, um, but I just remember very specifically being um, reading that book and being on a plane and something about, I don't know if it's like when I'm on the plane, I'm closer to God, closer to heaven. Probably, or what's going probably on. that's probably what it is. <laughs> yeah. So I was on the plane and I always have these like revelations. And so I just started, um, I just started like, I guess, journaling on my phone. And it's crazy because I usually journal on paper, but I just felt very inclined to journal on my phone. And I just felt myself going through like these layers of release when it came to parental forgiveness going back to the piece about just seeing the humanity in my parent and how um you know a lot of times the reason why there, there there may be spaces of abandonment or um or misunderstanding in relationships is because there are there may be unhealed parts of their experience that they haven't touched yet and so just seeing that seeing my parent as a human and saying, well, in in their humanity and in their human experience, this is how they were able to show up for me in that season. Um, and then also choosing not to cast blame for um, for what felt felt like lack or what felt like abandonment, you know, because I also felt like I wasn't in that season of my life. I wasn't able to advocate for how I needed to be loved and and put words behind what I needed and what showing up looked like. Um, And also my parent was a very quiet person, a person of few words. And so just like being able to unpack the humanity and, and, and recognize that the root is love yeah. It's hard. It it wasn't easy. It was it was some tears that I was dropping as I was I was on the plane um, next to the stranger. Probably looking like, what are you doing? <laughs> but, but yeah, like I in that moment, I was able to see the human in my in my father, um, and with that. I was able to connect on a deeper level that I don't think that I was seeing because there were these blinders of abandonment, these blinders of hurt, these blinders of resentment. Um, But the way that I think it, and it also helped the way that uh, Alex had went through her process and just describing like 
this is this is all you knew. And a lot of times we want we want so badly for others to to either learn at the same pace that we're learning yeah. or have access to knowledge at the age that we've had access or have that aha moment earlier in life. But we have to accept that they only knew what they knew. And so yeah. that's hard. It's hard, especially as a child looking up to your parent. Um, but I've also had to recognize that there is liberation in mothering myself or parenting yeah. myself back to back to fullness. Mm. I love that. I love what you said about not necessarily everyone having the same access to knowledge because that's so true. And I, I would just add that in addition to having the access to knowledge, you also have to have an opening for that knowledge yeah. because a lot of people can have access to it, but if they don't have an opening, a hunger for it, then even the access can't fill them. But what I love in communicating with you, Layla, and it, I feel like we're soul sisters because, <laughs> you know, you can tell that we have really accessed a lot of different information about healing about where our heart posture needs to be in order to really receive that and we're willing to do the work no matter how uncomfortable or awkward or lonely it might be we're willing to put in the work to get it done and so I just want to commend you as one woman on a journey to another woman on a journey for not just having access to knowledge, but having the hunger for it and allowing it to really metabolize into your system and become a part of your identity because it is definitely allowing your light to shine so brightly. So though you may be going through a cocoon season, just know that it looks like you're alone. There are just other women in cocoons right beside you. And mm -hmm. when we emerge together, we're better and stronger together because we were isolated in those cocoons. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And I think in recognizing that you, we are not alone, like yeah. we are like, not only do we have God, but I feel like, I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's just me, but I feel like over the past like three, four years, or maybe honestly it may have been through the past like decade, people have become more open to talking, uh, talking mm. through truth and not yeah. presenting truth as success and happiness and yeah. you know um healthy relationships or cuz i think that's that's what's that is what is portrayed through this this lens of of social media and just technology and things of that nature but what i love about what's happening um, now. And I think that may also be because people are having to sit with themselves and having yeah. to really acknowledge um, uncomfortable truths within themselves and within their journeys. Um, but what I love is that people are on a, there are people who are choosing to be transparent and vulnerable in order to break the chain for the next person who is, who is watching, who is, who is, begging to be seen begging to 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 feel connected begging to you know just um just exist within yeah. the presence of others you know it, i feel like when when we take on this when we take on this task of um we're not even just a task but when we take on doing life alone yeah. um if it's so heavy 
It's so heavy. It can sometimes be debilitating. But when we recognize that there are other people who are lifing and who are trying to exist and trying to figure it out and don't have all of the answers and don't present like they have all of the answers. Like when we're choosing to say, I am only an expert in my experience. And that is enough. That's enough. So I, I, I love that we have come to a place where we're comfortable talking about mental health. We have come to a place where we're comfortable talking about discomfort and growth and healing and and love and abandonment and all of these things that we as people experience so loudly, but also suffer so silently. If gift giving was an Olympic sport, then I'd like to believe that I'm in the running to win a gold medal, especially when I'm giving out anything from Bombas. I mean, have you seen their unique items and dope socks? Let's not forget the fact that every purchase made is another time that Bombas gives back to those in need. So yeah, I need my gold medal. Join me in the gift giving Olympics and start shopping with Bombas. I love the coziness of their slippers and the ultra soft shirts that they have. But honestly, you can't go wrong when it comes to Bombas. Give the good this holiday season with Bombas. And don't forget to grab your family's picture-perfect holiday sets too. Go to bombas.com slash evolve and use code evolve for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash evolve. Code evolve for 20% off. Bombas.com slash evolve. Code evolve. Layla, I love you. I love your soul. I love your heart. I love who you were. I love who you are. I love who you are becoming. Thank you so much for this time together. I think it's been incredible. And I know it's going to help a lot of people because it helped me as well. Oh, thank you. And just thank you for one. I want to say congratulations. Like, I know this is like such (laughs) a wild season for you, but you have literally saved so many lives. um, Mm -hmm. And you have you are so touched by God. I mean, everyone's touched by God, but the 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 way that you honor the God that lives in you and the God that shows up in your life in in such a um, in such a like. I see. I've seen myself in you in so many moments, mm-hmm. so many sermons. I've. Um, and I know that I'm not the only one. Like me and my girlfriends, <laughs> sometimes we fangirl. Like, girl, did you see that sermon? Did you see that sermon? <laughs> that sermon was sermoning. Um, but just the fact that you choose to show up and show out in in your testimony, it's something that has saved so many lives, including myself. And so I just thank you for being obedient. I thank you for showing up as boldly as you do. I thank you for. Even when you didn't want to answer the call, still slowly but surely pressing the slide to answer (laughs) um, from God. Um, And it's something Mm -hmm. that it has saved and will continue to save so many lives. So I just I thank you for for being you and existing as you exist. Thank you, Layla. That means I'm going to save this little soundbite and pray it, uh, play it when that call comes again and I have to slide across that screen. <laughs> I love serving you guys. It's honestly, it's the best thing that's ever happened to me and brought me so much closer to God. So thank you. Send my love to your girls and let them know I'll see them next year. 
Thank you. We 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 gonna be at that conference. We gonna be at that conference. Show it up and show it out. <laughs> Thank you. Take care. Thank you. To stay safe. Bye. Bye bye. I hate when we get to this part. It's like we're having the best girl time ever. And then they bring the check and tell us we got to go back to work. Well, listen, I hope that you enjoyed this week's podcast as much as I did. I know that the love that we shared is just beginning because I'm going to be back next week. And I hope that you'll be back too. We'll be laughing, growing, and most importantly, evolving together. Be like Layla. Bring your girls to Woman Evolve 23. It's going down. And I want you to be in the building go to womanevolve.com for all of the deets Layla you are a gift a light thank you for sharing it with us if you want to be like Layla and share your light with us send us a one to two minute video at podcast at womanevolve.com so we can learn how you're growing not ready to do that it's okay you can send me an advice question to that very same email so I can mind your business with you all right take care until I see you again